Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Thursday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We hope wherever you're listening this afternoon, uh, you are safe and secure. And I uh, hope you can sit back for an hour and enjoy some Southern Miss sports talk. Brittany Dinkins, one of the great Southern Miss basketball players from the ladies program, is going to join us here in just a couple of moments. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, I believe he's probably still in New Orleans. We'll be talking to the professor later in the show, and then Kelly will catch up with us uh, later in the hour. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Now, I want to remind everybody, it's never been a more important time to support your local restaurants. Dickie's, like all the restaurants uh, in Hattiesburg and across Mississippi, uh, only open for drive through and delivery. Uh, so only takeout and delivery, but they're up and running, and they're cooking that same delicious food that uh, you've enjoyed for years. Now you can just pick it up through your drive through You can go to Dickies.com. You can place an order and have it delivered to your home. But please support Dickies Barbecue and uh, all the local restaurants as we continue to uh, work our way through this uh, difficult time. All right, we're going to take a little break from that today and uh, relax a bit and talk some Southern Miss sports. And we've got a great young lady to kick off the show with us, uh, this young woman, uh, has really had quite a career at Southern Miss. She played 134 basketball games, scored 1,479 points, 378 assists, 106 steals, has been playing virtually all over the world, and she's now back in Miami, and we welcome Brittany Dinkins to the Eagle Hour. And Brittany, uh, great to talk to you. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Um, Thanks for having me. Now, we understand that you were in Europe playing ball and had to come back uh, unexpectedly because of the – because of the virus outbreak, is that is that correct? Can you tell us what happened? Um, yes, sir. It um, was correct at first. Um, we heard about the outbreak in China, and then um, it rapidly moved to Italy, and then we heard it was a couple of cases in in Spain. And while I was there, people were like the clubs and stuff were trying to figure out what to do and things like that. And so um, I know I only can speak based off my program. Um, we had a meeting with the president. We all sat down, and um, all of us, the Americans, we decided that we wanted to go home because um, they still had us on a, a wait list. They wanted to give us, they were saying, like, wait two weeks. But we was like, you know, it could be worse by two weeks, and we can be stuck here, so let's just be on the safe side and go home. And so that's really what happened. Just chose to come home, and I'm glad I did because um, the day that I came here, the next day um, they closed the border down. Right. You were in Spain, correct? Yes, sir. All right. Well, we're glad you're home because it's obviously gotten very, very bad there. Uh, so you you got back home. When did you get back to the United States, Brittany? Uh, what day was that? So, so it was like a couple I, of weeks ago, correct? A couple, three yeah, weeks ago. 16th of March. Uh-huh. I think like 16th of March. Like it happened very, very fast. Very, very fast. Because like we were just practicing that day before. 
And then coach was like, no practice. And we had that meeting. And then within two days, I was gone. Yeah, yeah. And now you're back home in Miami. Is that right? Um, actually, I'm here in Oh, well, good. Okay, well, good. You're back. You're really back home in a way, then, right? Yeah. Back here with all your uh, all your basketball buddies. All right. So let's uh, let's go back to uh, your your career at Southern Miss. Uh, what what an outstanding statistics! Uh, just an outstanding player. Uh, your memories and your thoughts of playing college basketball here, Brittany. Oh man, look, that is a whole book. You know, and I think about this place, and I think about the program, and I think about Hattiesburg in general. Um, it has been very sentimental. Um, it has played a, a very huge part into my um, growth and my maturity. And so um, I have a lot of memories, um, even the bad. It has molded and shaped me into the young lady and player that I am today. And I can't just be more thankful and, and like, literally just, I'm always come back, and coach will tell you that I do that every year. I make sure I come back every year um, to just share my love and light to the to the to the players that are new and to the players that are steady going. You know, mm-hmm. um, just try to share uh, my type of love and my experience with them to keep them encouraged to keep going. That's good stuff, Luke. Brittany, thanks for coming on today. You came in. We were talking to Shante Hales yesterday, and I think you were a senior when she was a freshman. Both of you guys really had the same uh, career. You, you came in as a freshman in 2013. Uh, we were talking to Shante about how she started so many games as a true freshman. You came in in 2013, and you, you played in all, all the games, all 34 games, but you started 28 of those. Was it difficult, with the, the transition coming out of Norland High School in Miami? What was the transition uh, to Division One basketball for you? Um, yeah, absolutely, because, you know, in, in high school, you go from being that, that main player, the one that coach is looking for you to get the job done, and then you come to college where, hey, everybody's on that same level as you are, and then you've got to understand that you're a freshman, so you're also competing with those who have been there before you, so now you're competing against experience, you know, and so as bad as you think that um, you're ready or you can do it, you still have to you know, be considerate that you don't have the experience it takes to play at this level. Um, so it definitely was a huge transition, but it was it was a good one. You know, I learned a lot. Um, I did stay in the gym, and so that helped make the transition easy for me. And what a season it was! You you uh, you ladies won twenty seven games um, that season. Uh, you you got knocked out of the NIT by Mississippi State. Um, but yeah, I mean you you just ran the table in the conference uh, at the end of the conference and made a run into the tournament. How much of the success that freshman year really helped define your career at Southern Miss? Um, I think more so. I'm going to say experience. Again, I'm going to just go back to experience from my freshman year because, you know, I don't know as much. And so I'm steady learning. Through the whole year, I'm learning how to play ball um, through Coach McMillis' program at this level. So I would just say my freshman year really was a lot of learning for me um, as far as what coach, how coach played, what it is she wanted, and how things ran. So that was really much so like my learning um, year. I needed a whole year. I needed a whole year um, to learn exactly um, the, the, how the program went and what it is that can make me become successful in her system and in the program. Now, Brittany, right. after, after that, you, you go and you're, you're playing all over the world, really. Let our listeners know where all you've played professional basketball. Um, yes, my first two years um, I played in Iceland. And then um, the start of this year, I went to Germany for the half of the year. And then the second half, 
um, went to Spain. Yeah, that's and that's where you and, wound up. Oh, right? okay. Um, I forgot. Uh, I left out one in the summertime last time I, I was in Chile. <laughs> so you've been everywhere, Brittany. My word, three continents, <laughs> three continents. All right, Luke. We got two and a half minutes left, and I, I know you got to get to a Joy Lee story with this young lady. So go ahead. Yeah, we we, we told you coming uh, b- before we came on the air, Brittany. We told you this is your opportunity. This is, we told Shantae yesterday. We'll tell Respect Lee Part next week uh, when she comes on. This is your opportunity to let the world know how special Joy Lee McNellis is to you. And part of that means any dirt you got, you can just go ahead and put it out there right now. <laughs> no, um, what Coach needs to me, Coach, she she means a lot. Um, and she didn't let you know firsthand our relationship wasn't the best in the beginning. But um, as, as time went on and as we got to really know each other, man, that, I love that woman. Um, a story about Coach. Um, I remember a story where Coach was, um, at this time, she was um, battling with her health issues. Um, and at this time, we didn't know um, that. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys are aware with the lung things that she had, the right. lung cancer. She was yeah. diagnosed. So, but at this point, we didn't know. We we did not know what was going on. We just knew Coach is sitting down. This is weird. And she's always screaming at the top of her lungs. I'm like, Coach, can you please stop screaming? Just tell me what you want me to tell them. <laughs> And I, I would do it for you, you know. And she's like, all right, come on. And then next thing you know, I turn around, she's screaming again. And um, it was one time she rolled, and I said to Coach P, I was like, I'm going to sit down. I say, because something is really wrong with Coach, and I'm not going to practice, you know, ignoring the fact that, hey, you know, she needs to go to the hospital because Mr. Dennis came to get her, and she flicked him off. And we like, Coach, no, go with your husband and go <laughs> to the doctor and when I did it the rest of my teammates did it and then that's when you know she knew that we were serious and we cared and we showed our gratitude and love and concern for her and then she promised us that she was going to go and she you know she kept her word yeah and thank that god was- she's okay thank god yeah. she, she completely so recovered god. so yeah and it was crazy because ever since from that moment I dedicated the rest of my season to her and all my hashtag on my Instagram was I got you JLM I got you you know, we got through it together, and um, it really made my team in that moment come stronger because we did it for her. Um, that lady, she works very, very hard, and she gives her all no matter what it is, whether people are responding or not. And that needs to be credited to her because she goes all out. You know, despite whatever it is she's dealing with or battling, she goes all out. And that is a great example to have as a leader, as a coach. You know, you got players to look at that. Um, and cherish that. So, you know, hats off to her. She goes all out, no matter the circumstance. All right, Brittany, good stuff. We sure appreciate your time. We're glad you're back home safe and sound, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best of luck in your basketball career when things get back to normal. Thanks so much for being on the show. You're welcome. Thank you all for having me. All right, Brittany Dinkins, everybody. Basketball star at Southern Miss and now a professional basketball player. Patrick McGee, we think he is in New Orleans. We're going to track down the professor next and Catch up on all the news around Southern Miss and sports in the nation. Stay with us. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank Brittany Dinkins for joining us in the first segment. Great, great interview. Luke and I talking off air about how outstanding these young basketball kids are and uh, the the clear message of love 
that they have for Joy Lee McNellis. So we appreciate Brittany Dinkins uh, being on the show. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Uh, you can shop online, get your Southern Miss apparel if you don't want to get out. Not sure what the status of Campus Bookmark will be uh, after tomorrow evening uh, when the uh, stay-in order takes effect. We'll find out and pass that information along to you. But uh, go online, do your shopping at campusbookmark.net, and treat yourself to a happy these days. Man, that would be a good thing for all of us. All right, our buddy Patrick McGee, not really – you know, he's he's a sports guy, obviously. He's our go-to sports guy, but he's more of a news reporter now, and he's hunkered down in uh, – in the battered city of New Orleans. First of all, Pat, we hope you and uh, and yours are all well and good down there. Yeah, uh, uh, everybody's doing pretty fine, and we haven't, you know, I mean, my, my girlfriend knows uh, people who have tested positive uh, mm-hmm. with coronavirus here in New Orleans. Uh, but uh, outside of that, you know, we haven't really come into contact uh, with anybody that showed symptoms or, you know, any of the people that we know. Uh, that's, that have been tested positive. We haven't been in contact with them for a while. So it's uh, New Orleans is, you know, continues to be, uh, uh, or it, really the entire state of Louisiana, the numbers that came out uh, today, I think it was uh, somewhere in the neighborhood, it was 2,000 new cases, 2,000, no. 3,000 new cases, something mm. like that, just in the state of Louisiana. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, pretty serious and now you see mississippi starting to take uh, more serious steps to kind of protect themselves which i think is smart right on a lighter note blue's doing good right yeah he's doing well uh he's uh he's uh he's doing well he's he's adjusted he likes it here at uh at julie's house and I'm looking forward to getting him over to Ocean Springs, and maybe I can take him to the dog park when all this is over there you go well he found him a home that's a good story uh, yeah. coming out of New Orleans. All right, what you got for the professor, Luke? Patrick, just um, we just want to walk through just for a second, and we'll probably walk through this in a later later segment too. But uh, you know, the, the governor's um, stay shelter in place, stay at home order starts uh, tomorrow at five o'clock. Kind of looks like uh, kind of uh, more of an enforceable version of what was issued a few weeks ago. I know you've been, as you told us off air, you've been covering a lot of news stuff. Is that really your take on it? And uh, uh, as you've read through it, I've read it through it also. Is that really your take on it? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously taken up another notch. Uh, It was, you know, I think it was like 32 other states had already ordered something similar. So Mississippi was a little bit late uh, coming forward with this. Uh, I think what you'll see mainly out of this is a lot of businesses uh, closing, uh, like I think clothing stores and, and gyms and stuff like that. So uh, the, I think the main step of this is it just really uh, closes areas to where you'll see a gathering of people. Uh, I think you'll see more in the way of law enforcement, making sure people aren't gathering in groups of 10 or larger and that social distancing is, is being used. Uh, which is six, you know, keeping six feet between yourself and someone else. So, yeah, I mean, I, it was a pretty thorough uh, measure. I, I, today we find out that they've asked their cruise ships, to, uh, which have been docking in Gulfport uh, for the last few weeks, uh, they've been asked to leave. So I think that's kind of been tacked on to the shelter-in-place order. Uh, so it's this economy is going to take a hit because there's, you know, it, they're really telling people to not move around a whole lot unless they absolutely have to. Uh, for necessary, you know, whether it's going to going to the grocery store or going to the doctor or something like that, uh, it's it's really going to try to restrict movement. Hmm. 
Yeah, so um, let, let's switch to sports real quick. News came out that it's, it's the Division One baseball or NCAA is going to grant spring sports the additional year of eligibility. Seniors can come back, but very interesting. Doesn't look like the uh, the scholarships are going to be raised. It looks like they're going to stay in the eleven point seven range. Not sure if seniors are going to count against that or or not count against that. It's still kind of confusing. Been trying to follow uh, some stuff on Twitter. Have you heard anything on that front? And what's your thoughts about that? No, I haven't had the time to really talk to Coach Barry on that. I, I think, yeah, I mean, if they're not going to raise the scholarship number, that really does kind of create confusion. Uh, I think there was hope that they would do a temporary, at least a temporary boost in uh, how, much, how, how much money they can give out in scholarships for next year. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's good news that they're adding on an extra season, but, you know, if, if you don't have the scholarship money to kind of back that up, that's kind of, uh, meaningless, uh, you know. <laughs> I, had, I mean, I guess there. I guess there are seniors who will have wrapped up, you know, been graduated now of school, uh, but they can come back and play, I suppose. So uh, that's that's about the only way I can look at. It. I, I had someone text me this question, and, and it's a great question on on all fronts. Kirk Herbstreet last week, and again, all this is speculation, man. But you know, there, Kirk Herbstreet and some other voices out there are saying, you know, they doubt whether we would have a, uh, a college football season. Just looking at it right now, and again, we don't want to be doomsday, but we, we have to at least begin to think this way. What would the – how big of the impact on, on Southern Miss would it take if, if this if this drags out in football season is not a, is not a reality? Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. I, it would be huge for Southern Miss, but in a way, uh, you know, with these larger universities that have so much overhead and so much, you know, Debt. I mean, this they generate so much money that they have uh, a lot of stuff that they put that money into. If that just dries up, they're they're really hurting. So I think, in a way, it could actually hurt some of the an uh, Ole Miss or a Mississippi State. While you know Southern Miss, uh, you know, while they generate money, they don't. You know, they're you know it's it's the the football program isn't you know funding the entire athletic department. While you get the feeling at at, at some other bigger schools that football is such a huge huge money generator that they're going to have to figure out the ways to fill, fill gaps even, uh, uh, you know, even it be, might be even harder than a Southern Miss just because they have so much money that they get out of football. So it would be a really, really complicated picture if football is not involved uh, this year. I think they would try to get football in in some way, even if it starts in January. But I know I talked to the parent of a, a Southern Miss football player, and, and, and they were, you know, we, we were just talking – and he, you know, the more I talk to him, the more he's like, "Yeah, I just don't see how we play football this fall." And I, you know, I, I'm, you know, unless they kind of come up with some vaccine in, in short order or or treatment uh, really advances, it's difficult to see it kind of going as planned at this point. In other words, starting, you know, schedule is, is in September as they hope for. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of uncertainty, and and it would just hurt everybody. It wouldn't hurt just small schools. I read uh, overnight uh, an article indicating that the NFL might start their season even if they had to play without fans. Would you buy that, Patrick, or do you think that season could be pushed back as well? Sure, it could be pushed back. Uh, I I could see them starting the season without uh, fans. Uh, That's a possibility, but I don't. Even then, I don't think they'd be able to start. You know, right whenever they wanted to. I think there's there's just so much in terms of like, are, are they going to be able to get uh, uh, camp in and everything else. It's 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 the more the longer this goes on, the more uncertainty we have for football, both college and pro. 
Yeah, you uh, know, right now, guys, it's just hard to imagine a scenario where 80,000 people are going to be allowed inside the Superdome, as an example. Yeah. That seems like a heck of a stretch, doesn't it? And to me, the the domes and the closed-air stadiums are the bigger risk. Right. Uh, uh, So I I don't know if they move out, move to, like, you know, we might see a deal where the Saints are playing at Tulane with no fans, you know? Right. I mean, that's. Uh, that's 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 the way I could see that happen. Right, right. Uh, how how unbelievable would that be, Patrick? That we didn't have college or NFL football. Could any of us ever envisioned anything short of a world war that might have caused that? Yeah, I mean that's that's you know we are kind of in uh, 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 for those my age that haven't really seen you know there was the Great Depression you know it was World War One there was World War Two there was the Vietnam War but even during the Vietnam War. Uh, life kind of went on. You know, it, it, yeah, went on. Uh, but here, you know, it really everything's been put to a halt. It's like going back to World War Two or the Great Depression, and we're only basically a month, you know, a month into this, right. if, if even a month. So right. uh, we're just getting started. Uh, you saw six million people unemployed today. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 concerning. I mean, it, everybody. Everybody's a little stressed out at this point, I can imagine. No question. And, and for the record, uh, Luke, I was not around for World War II or the Great Depression. I, I could see. I, I thought you were. I, I can you envision you the, thinking the that. Spanish-American I, I can see no, I that you're you really thinking were. that. No, actually, I wasn't. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Well, look, man, we want you to stay safe down there in New Orleans. And, uh, you know, we appreciate you reporting in. We know you're pretty busy uh, right now, a little more than unusual. Is it, is it kind of weird doing, becoming a news reporter? Yeah, it's hard at certain points where you try to jump in and do some reporting on which, you know, some other news reporters have done six or seven stories on the topic, and I've barely skimmed a story or two. So it's kind of hard to have to learn a story in like 30 minutes or an hour, but that's kind of how it is when we're so overwhelmed, so much coming in. Uh, like I had to pick up, the, like yesterday, I wrote the story for the Sun-Herald about the shelter-in-place order, and just a little bit ago, I wrote a story about how the cruise ships have been ordered to leave the port. Right. Uh, and, and, you know... It's it's it's. I'm just kind of doing the best I can and trying to learn as much as I can as soon as, as quickly as possible. All right. Well, we're all in strange times, Patrick, and uh, be careful down there, my friend. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, everybody. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun Herald in New Orleans as we speak, and of course, we want Patrick uh, to be safe. We we'll look forward to talking to him next week. All right, Kelly Center up. We'll kind of catch up with some NFL stuff and some other sports talk when we come back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hope your Thursday's going well. Thanks for joining us on the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson and Bob Yeti live from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel, Mississippi. Fourth Fourth Street Bar and Grill located on Fourth Street in Hattiesburg brings us the third segment of the Eagle Hour every single day located just across Highway 49 in the shadow of M.M. Roberts Stadium. Slade White and the good folks at 4th Street are uh, are adapting and being creative and still providing the, some of the best food around.
around. They wanted us uh, to let you know uh, they will be selling spaghetti plates at 4th Street Saturday and crawfish at Sideline. So spaghetti plates uh, this Saturday at 4th Street and crawfish at Sidelines. Uh, family meals are still available at 4th Street, and, of course, they still have that great daily special, eight ninety five with a drink every day for lunch. Check them out on Facebook to see the menu of the day. Go out and support our local restaurants and support 4th Street Bar and Grill. We appreciate their sponsorship uh, of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Santer back in the Magnolia State. How has your week been back in the saddle, Kelly? Well, just uh, just trying to uh, adjusting to the new normal, I guess. Um, I did. You know, we've talked on the show about how you know universities are really going to be really going to be hard hit financially because of the lack of spring sports and so on. I saw a report yesterday, and we talked about how these the the Power Five schools. Um, you know, wouldn't be as impacted as much. But I did see where Jamie Pollard, the athletic director at, at Iowa State, and it just happens to be Iowa State where I where I went to, to school, um, Iowa State put the word out yesterday to all their coaches that uh, they are all going to take pay cuts for the next year, totaling $3 million in, uh, in pay cuts, wow. and said that uh, the following academic year it might be necessary for them to to cut another million uh, in in salaries, so if that's what the bigger schools are doing, you can imagine, you know how uh, some schools like Southern Miss's size and the other conference USA schools are really going to have to deal with this. I don't, I really don't envy Jeremy McLean um, and the athletic department, you know, and some of the decisions that they're going to really, really tough decisions they're going to be faced with. Uh, going forward, but this is this is part of the reality of it, you guys. Right. We're trying to stay upbeat. You know, we're trying to stay upbeat and positive. Uh, and on another note, we we did mention yesterday that the the MHSAA uh, would be making an announcement about spring sports. You know, well, the announcement actually was made yesterday. They said uh, un, until and if school is canceled, they are still not canceling all spring sports officially. So as long as there's a ray of hope that kids would go back to school, they are saying that they still, for the time being, they still say that they intend on playing spring sports in some way, shape, or form. That, that just seems ridiculous to me, Kelly. I'm going to be frank about it. You're, you're, you'd, be, you'd be well well into the baseball season now. How in the world are you going to even pretend that you're going to have a, a baseball playoff when you haven't even had a baseball season? It's it's hard to say, Bob. Although just from a from a practicality standpoint, I think they're just letting somebody else be the bad guy. Right. What I mean what I mean by that is, is you know, Governor Reeves now has has put this uh, shelter in place, um, you know, in in effect, and the president has said now through April thirtieth. Uh, and of course, it doesn't take a as my dad used to say, a rocket surgeon uh, to to figure out that the school year is most likely going to be, uh, you know, officially wiped out. They just don't want to be the, the bringers of bad news mm-hmm. is the way you could look at it. Right. So, and, 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 and trying to be almost to a fault optimistic. Right. So you could think that the MHSAA would just be copping out, but until, you know, until that decision is made by somebody other than, themselves, I guess they want to try to remain 
upbeat, but your your point is well taken. It yeah. just it just certainly doesn't. Look. And now the British Open golf tournament looks like it's going to be uh, canceled for the first time since World War Two. Um, you know, and that's obviously played over in Great Britain. The Wimbledon Tennis Championships have been canceled. That's the first time since World War Two. It's, so, it's stunning stuff. It's just hard to imagine that we're really sitting here talking about it. And I want to take you back to what you started this segment out with, and, and you're exactly right. Uh, a $3 million cut, say, at a school like Iowa State for spring sports. Spring sports. What's going to happen if they can't play football, Kelly? I just worry about I just worry about in the South. I mean, our society as a whole, yeah. you know, because football we get made fun of in the rest of the country about how we idolize football and how football is really king in the South. Yeah. Um, when you look at the president's press conference with, with Dr. Ricks and Dr. Fochi and so on, when you look at their their charts, they have everything pretty much back to normal August first. Okay, and football doesn't start until usually the last week in August. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see why Wimbledon is in. Of course, Wimbledon is played in July. The British golf tournament is in July. So now, now we're looking at canceling things in in July. Right. And we just turned the calendar to April. Right. Um. So. Yeah. It's just uncharted territory, man. There's just yeah, no other really way to describe a, it. But man, I you know, I mean, I think God's a football fan, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> he's, he's a Redskin <laughs> fan. Come on, Kelly, you know he loves that. the Saints. I'll tell you that. You much. know that. Come on. Well, <laughs> we we hope that he's got a favorite team. That, uh, Patrick but, uh, McGee brought up the possibility earlier, Kelly, of the Saints of the NFL starting their season perhaps late and perhaps without fans. And a team like New Orleans playing in the Tulane Stadium, an open-air stadium with no fans in the stands. I can't imagine an NFL football game with the point of playing it if there were no fans. Am I wrong well, about Bob, that? That's, Bob, but, but, but you and I have both seen that when the Bengals played the Redskins. <laughs> there was nobody in the stands that day. That's a good point. That's a pretty good point. I think you, you and I were the only two watching it. Am I right about that? that, that that's right. So, uh, <laughs> and it ended in a tie, by the way. Pete. There is precedent there. There certainly is, is precedent there. But, um, well, we hope that's not the case. We, you know, we want to be optimistic and, uh, and we want to be upbeat. Kelly, do you think it's possible that, that what – Everybody's given us are the are the worst case scenarios, so that maybe in the end it doesn't seem quite as bad as it could have been to us. I think that's human nature to do that, and I, I don't think that's a good thing necessarily. But um, in fact, the, the total death numbers that they were talking about in the press conference yesterday, you know, Doctor Fauci, I think, paraphrasing, he said um, we don't have to accept that this will be the numbers, but it's what we have to prepare for. Right. So I, I think that I think there's a general consensus that, that they are kind of uh, of painting a, a worst case scenario uh, based on on the data, and I think people are are getting the message. Um, you sure you sure hope so, but I but I do think uh, I do think because they talk about maybe another cycle next year, right? You know that, uh, and hopefully they're talking about treatments coming out of the Mayo Clinic as early as you know tomorrow, potential new treatments, but things have to be you know, uh, tested thoroughly and make sure that everything is safe. Um, I, again, once once this smoke clears, 
and it's pretty thick smoke. But once it clears, we'll be better off as a country, we'll be better off as a world. Like I say, we learned a lot of things during Hurricane Katrina, because that was uncharted waters, mm-hmm. literally and figuratively, uncharted mm-hmm. waters. Mm-hmm. We're in uncharted waters again. So we will learn. We will learn, and hopefully uh, next time, and there, there will probably be a next time, um, because, you know, you can't, in, in 2020, you can't sneak up on an enemy. You can't, if you're going to war with somebody, you can't sneak up on them, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they're going to know you're coming with all the technology available and so on and so forth. The only thing that you don't know is coming is what the president labeled as a silent killer. Right. Or, or an invisible enemy, an invisible enemy. And, and you know what I think? I, I think is probably very disturbing to a lot of us subconsciously is I think we all go through life and we all lived with the assumption that there was really nothing that our scientists and all the brilliant people in the world that uh, dealt in medicine couldn't solve. There just wasn't any. We had cured polio. They had cured smallpox. They had just cured so many things. I think it's really sobering to realize there is something out there that maybe we can't automatically cure, right? I, I agree. I agree. And I think that that uh, the future of evil, if we can use that strong word, the future of evil is going to be this. Yes. Just it's going to be it's something that you, yeah that you can't that you can't see right you know right. which is why the president calls it the invisible enemy so yeah. I think he's right uh, all right Sander can you stick around we've got another segment we'll we'll talk on a little lighter subject when we come back how's yeah that? Sounds, yeah I just good, guys. I, I just want to let you know guys the the Bible does say in Romans chapter one verse seven to all those loved by God and called saints. I just want to drop that in there. Thanks so much, Luke. We'll be right back. Toyota Hattiesburg brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Go online to toyotahattiesburg.com and check out their inventory. If you're looking for a new car, a Toyota would be a great selection, so go see our friends at Toyota of Hattiesburg. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios. Greatly appreciate First Bank's uh, journey with us on the Eagle Hour. They've been with us from the very beginning. Uh, they will uh, continue to operate, and so uh, your financial needs, and maybe you're looking for a new bank, check out First Bank, and we appreciate their sponsorship. So, guys, uh, Governor Tate Reeves issues a shelter-in-place. It will be in effect tomorrow at 5 p.m. until Monday, April the 20th at 8 a.m. So, basically, 
uh, 17 days. Um, and just to build off, Kelly, we were talking to Patrick McGee a little earlier. It just puts a little more teeth in uh, the executive order that was signed a, a week or so ago. Um, but, you know, in a lot of ways, let, let's be honest, and, and you're always frank about this, what can the government do? I mean, you're talking about from an enforcing perspective. There's going to be there's so many essential businesses that are open. Courts are still open. Hospitals are still open. Grocery stores are still open. Pharmacies are still open. At what effect is the enforceable area of this? We certainly want to encourage people they need to obey this. But from the enforcement standpoint, what's your take? And Governor Reeves said in one of the follow-up questions, I don't know if you all saw the press conference yesterday, uh, but I watched the whole thing, and, and he said from an enforcement standpoint, there's really not a whole lot they can do. You know, um, they're just they're just trying to appeal to everybody's sense of, of fair play in in you know, come on, let's 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 get this taken care of. You know, because obviously you can't you can't arrest everybody that's that's violating it. But you get so you get so aggravated with uh, with people who you know are we're still on the beaches, and you know I, I saw the tragic story where forty spring breakers last week that were in Florida. You know, on a beach during spring break. You know, they were going to take their spring break. Well, forty of them. Um, in that one random sample, all had all had the virus. Right. You know, when they were told to stay away from the beaches. So it's it's really it's really hard as a as a Christian sometimes to to not want to tell people, well, I told you so. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really hard. Uh, you know, you were told to stay away. You were told how dangerous it is, but yet you defied. You know this anyway. So there's sometimes that natural human reaction to say, well, it serves you right. Yeah, here's my take, Kelly. Uh, this would be the message I'd, I'd like to wish I could get out to people. You can ignore anything you want to ignore. You can say nobody's going to tell me I'm not leaving my house. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Do all of that you want to do under any other circumstance, and then you you suffer the repercussions. But in this circumstance, when you do that, you're endangering me, my family, you and your family, Luke and his family. For God's sakes, can't people put their desires or, or what they want to do to the side for two or three weeks for the benefit of people that live around them? That's the test. And you're living in a world today where I want what I want. I want it now. I don't want to have to wait. It's all about me, me, me. Right. And your point is well taken. You know, you use the analogy of like when a hurricane comes through and they say, leave your home. Well, if, if you stay and get injured, that's on you, but that doesn't affect your neighbors. You, Correct. That, this, that personal decision that you make doesn't affect anybody but you. But your point is certainly well taken, that when you defy this order, you're being especially selfish because you, you could potentially be endangering people around you and people that you love and care about. Right, that's exactly right. And that's my biggest concern. My biggest concern is not the 90, 90% of the people in this state and elsewhere that are going to do what they're asked to do. It's the 10%, the 5 or 10% that are not going to do that. And those are always the the one bad apple, like the Osmond brothers. That's another thing you'll have to Google today, Luke, the Osmond brothers. <laughs> <laughs> But, but we, we do want to get we, we do want to get the the information out. Right. Uh, Governor Tate Reeves yesterday it's a, called an executive order fourteen sixty six. You can go on the Secretary of State sos.ms.gov. 
The executive order, the uh, shelter-in-place, stay-at-home order is 1466. Now, where it pertains to businesses, if you go back to executive order 1463, that is the executive order that outlines all of what is considered unessential business. Um, So, yeah, you need to go make sure you view that. There's also on um, the Mississippi Emergency Management website, there's a great FAQ. Uh, It just basically, any questions people have, it's pretty definite answers. And so this goes in effect uh, tomorrow at 5 p.m. and goes until Monday at 8 a.m. Yeah, and let me say to both of you guys, Kelly, I know you have a child that's in the medical field, and Luke, I know you're married to a young woman who is a nurse, and be sure that they do understand how much all of us appreciate what they're doing and uh, how we're praying for them every night. Will do. I, I will, and in do. fact, my, my daughter Sarah's out there in L.A. Um, they've set up mobile units at a lot of the different beaches to treat uh, infected homeless yeah. and others. So un, under a lot of stress, all the health care workers. No question. All right, guys, you lay low, take care of yourselves. We'll come back tomorrow at 1 o'clock and uh, try to give people something to take their minds off of all of this for an hour. Back tomorrow at 1 on all of our network stations that we broadcast on every day. And until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.